Our New Testament reading this morning is from Romans chapter 8 and is the basis for today's message. Paul writes, So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. As I mentioned before, the text for today's message is the epistle lesson from Romans chapter 8 that we read just a few moments ago. Now, last week, we spent some time examining how Paul saw himself in the mirror. Remember that example of architectural design at Versailles outside Paris? The space between the war drawing room, drawing room and, this, and the salon piece was what? The Hall of Mirrors, right? It's a symbol that the path between conflict and peace is often a time of self-reflection. And what did Paul's self-reflection bring? Well, it brought the realization that according to the law of God, he was a wretched man. And this realization led him directly into the arms of his Savior, Jesus Christ, the only one that could save him from what he describes as the body of death. And then what does Paul say? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now between last week's lesson and this week's lesson are 11 verses, Romans 8, verses 1 through 11. I encourage you to read that for it will actually help you fill in from last week's text, make the bridge, and bring you into this week's text. But right now I'm going to summarize where we have been thus far in Romans, and that's chapter 1 through 7. Jesus Christ, the very Son of God, came down from heaven and became incarnate to live the perfect life according to the law that we could not do. He suffered and died in our place, taking on our penalty of death for our sins and suffered the separation from the Father that was due to us. And yes, Jesus did rise from the grave on the third day, and it is his life, death, and his resurrection into which you were baptized Now you have God's Holy Spirit that resides in you, and you live. And that leads us in today's text, where Paul brings us yet another beautifully clear reminder of who we are now. It's a kind of reminder that actually awakens your heart to this daily walk that we have discussed time and time again of freedom, joy, sacrifice, and renewal. But Paul has an interesting way of starting, doesn't he? He begins today's text by calling us debtors. What? Okay, we better stop right there. (laughs) 
The word debtor has a negative connotation, doesn't it? It kind of sets our teeth on an edge. But the term, well, it just seems so antithetical to the news that Paul has already shared. I mean, Jesus took on our penalty of death. And even though death still steams to reign, Paul has told us it no longer has dominion. It no longer has the upper hand. I mean, the debt of our transgressions has been completely transferred to Christ on the cross. He has paid for them all. So why would Paul use the word debtor to describe us? Well, simply this. Because of Jesus, we now have a remaining debt of thanksgiving and praise. That is the first thing we did in our hymn this morning, did we not? We praised God. And this, my friend, is living by the Spirit. Now, to help us explore this today, Paul is going to give us the best help he can. For he reveals to us that God's Spirit witnesses to our spirit. And what is the Spirit's witness? Well, simply this, that by God's grace through faith, we are now children of God. You are now no longer under slavery to a sin. You are now adopted children of God. And that word picture is intentional. For in the Roman world, it was commonplace for a wealthy man who had no heir to adopt another to be his heir. And that adoption would change everything for that one who was adopted. Their old name was gone once that adoption was official. Their history was in the past. All his debts have been redeemed by his new family, and now he has a new identity. He has a new name. He has a new father. He has a new family history. He has a new future, and he has a new fortune for all that the father has is his. So what does this mean for us as adopted children of God? Well, it too means that we have a new name. We have a new family and a new brother, Jesus Christ. Today you are surrounded by new brothers and sisters. You have a new family. And a family history. It's a history of love and forgiveness and forbearance and sacrifice and perfection. You have a new future, living face-to-face with the living God forever. As an adoptive child, you have now also a new obligation to honor and please the Father. So why does Paul recount our adoption as sons? Well, here's a clue. On CBS's long-running reality show called Survivor, cast members play a game of outlasting their teammates on an island that was devoid of creature comforts. And weeks later, when the show ends, the players are recorded as they re-enter modern life. And to a T, or without exception... They are surprised when they first see themselves in the mirror again. It's as if they have forgotten what they look like. 
And this is why Paul reminds us who we are. Because of our sinful nature, we quickly forget who we are. And this is why it is critical for you to continue to hear the gospel so that you never forget who you are and whose you are. The continual witness of the Holy Spirit to your spirit is a continual pointer in the right direction. True north, if you will. Of course, that reminds me of a cute story. New Cub Scout was given a small compass that he was to wear on his wrist, like a watch. The instrument, however, mystified him. He would go one direction, then another. He shook it, he tapped it, he turned around, and then he just dropped his hands and sighed. What's the matter, son? The Cub Master asked. The Scout replied, I can't get this thing to work. The needle doesn't stay still. It's supposed to point north, but it points every which way. Well, patiently, the cub master showed him that he had to turn his wrist so that the needle would point to the N on the compass. He said, assuringly, you will have to turn to align yourself up with it properly to see where north is. Well, today's lesson is a bit of a compass, if you will. It's a call to align ourselves in our thinking with our actual reality. The true north that the Holy Spirit points to as he bears witness to the fact that by and through Jesus Christ's work on our behalf, his life, his death, and his resurrection, from the grave we by grace through faith have been brought into his family as dear beloved children and made heirs with him of the Father's kingdom. Additionally, in your adoption into the family of God, here's something you didn't receive. A new slavery. For slavery would bring with it a new fear due to forced servitude and punishment. Instead, this adoption has brought a new spirit who reveals our adoption as sons. And now when we cry, Abba, Father, the God of all creation hears you. Now we replace our servitude, that forced servitude, with thanksgiving and praise. But here's the linchpin. So hear this. Don't miss it. All of this reveals that the law is not what's going to get us to change and bring change to our lives. We're not going to stop pursuing sin because the law says stop. In fact, that will probably make us want to sin more. You saw that yourself in your own childhood, did you not? You probably witnessed it with your own children. Saying stop doesn't often work. You know, the desire of change that we want to come comes by hearing the gospel. It comes by hearing that God has made you his child and heir. For then... We come to understand that when we sin, we are repaying good with evil. When we sin, do we need to hear the law? Well, absolutely. For the law will point us to our need for a Savior, as Paul described so succinctly last week, or maybe verbosely. 
But it is the gospel itself that points us to our newfound identity as adopted children of God so that we see that now we actually do have the ability to put to death the deeds of the body all by the power and the witness of the Holy Spirit that actually dwells within you. But even more than that, Paul also reveals to us today that it is the Holy Spirit, that right witness, which is our sub-theme today. It is the Holy Spirit who is now your witness to the Father that you are a child and an heir of His kingdom. You are a dearly loved, forgiven, born again, bound for eternity in the new heaven and new earth, son and daughter of the one and only omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent, holy, just, gracious, merciful, kind, and good triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There is nothing more than that, as if you could add something to it. And there is never anything less than that as well. Now, does that awaken your heart and bring you new eyes to see your friends, your neighbors, and even maybe your spouse? Perhaps it is a bit hard to see the crown of glory on the heads of your children when they're misbehaving. But more importantly, do you see the crown of glory on your head? Yes, yours. Do you now see your debt? Being led by the Spirit and knowing of His witness of the Father about you as His heir, your debt is thanksgiving and praise, even if we do it imperfectly. Our thanksgiving and praise shows itself in our life of freedom where we are free to love and forgive one another as we are loved and have been forgiven. Our thanksgiving and praise shows itself in our life of joy as we care for one another and celebrate what our Lord has done for us and we tell others about what He has done. Our thanksgiving and praise shows itself in our life of renewal as we repent confess of our sins, and worship together, receiving God's comfort and His forgiveness. All of these things are real-world applications to what Paul defines as putting to death the deeds of the body. You want to sin less? Repent, forgive, love, and worship. But wait. There's more. There's, there's always more. But this might not be real pleasant. Our thanksgiving and praise shows itself in our life of sacrifice. For Paul writes <clears throat> that this sonship brings suffering. He says, We are heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. To suffer with Christ is to share freely what we have received freely. This will not always mean suffering, but make no mistake, suffering will come. For Paul is only echoing the words of Christ on this subject. In the upper room, Jesus told his disciples, if the world hates you, (laughs) know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. 
But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they are going to persecute you. But it comes with a promise, the promise to the heirs that we will be glorified with him. Now that is sweet. So I'm going to close today by using what we believe, teach, and confess in our Lutheran confessions. For our church fathers wrote this. They said, This, of course, is not to be understood in any other way than as the Lord Christ and his apostles themselves explain it. That is, regarding the liberated spirit which acts not out of fear of punishment like a slave, but out of love of righteousness as children. There's that linchpin again. Don't miss it. It's the gospel that reveals this. It's the gospel that brings change to our lives. The law is good. The law is holy and the law is righteous. The law will reveal that you need another to save you, but the law will never save you. The gospel is what reveals our Savior to us and gives the Holy Spirit the testimony to our spirit that we are children with an everlasting future that has already started. So what should we do? Praise and thanksgiving. Thanks be to God. Amen.